stuff there that I can cut and slice and Episode dice. Episode 27! Can we, do a, can we go do a go if I think I was talking over you when you started no, that? No, I, I intentionally wanted to start because I didn't want you to be able to cut off the bit where you were reciting how much preamble we had. Ah, shit. Alright, fine. Episode... 27? Epi- epi- episode 27. Of Pods. In... The key of... Springfield. Springfield. In an effort to make this show more marketable for the youth and their meme-loving ways, should we call this Tide Pods in the key of Springfield? (laughs) A joke that I'm sure will last the other four weeks we need before this episode goes up. Uh, Nick? Yes? I just want to make you aware that somebody touching my spaghetti... I just want to make you aware that somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. Uh, well, you are not the sharpest tool in the shed, so uh, I can understand. I mean, it seems harsh. Yeah, looking kind of dumb, finger and thumb, shape, L, etc. Yes. Yeah. Season 3, episode 12, I Married Marge, and season 3, episode 13, Rodeo Bought. And which, uh, which TV show are we talking about? We're talking about The Simpsons. The Simpsons, and who are you? I'm Nick, by and, the way. And who am I? I'm James. You're James. By the way. Although, according to your t-shirt, you are a production of James starring Kyle McLaughlin. That is what my shirt says. Yes, yeah, starring Kyle McLaughlin. Nick, would you like to talk about Twin Peaks? Is that why you're bringing my shirt up? No, I just like the idea of you being a production of you starring someone else. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, this is the water, this is the well, drink, fall and descend. The horse is the white of the eye and the dark within. So let's get into I Married Marge. Sure. An episode in which I marry Marge, if you I know, were Homer. You know, I, I genuinely, when you started doing that reference, I didn't understand. I looked down at the table and all I could see is the, the glowing red mute button on the microphone. <laughs> and I was like, I could just hit mute. <laughs> but then I wouldn't be able to talk and that would be a real shame. <laughs> um, Where is that button for future reference? Oh, hang on. I'll turn the microphone around for you. Okay. All right, so if I need to just slam down on that mute. Slam down on that mute. Oh, God, I've put the cables under the thing now. Anyway, cool. Um, Chalkboard gag. I will not torment the emotionally frail. Will not torment the emotionally frail. As a member of the emotionally frail, (laughs) I felt vaguely tormented by this episode, I have to say. Really? Yeah. Tormented. Well, watching this episode, it definitely struck me that 24-year-old Homer is in some ways living a better life than 30-year-old James. Oh, almost certainly. 1980, 24-year-old Homer, despite the episode being about him not having his shit together, seems to me to have more of his shit together than I do. I mean, how many jobs did he get in this episode? I think you were keeping a tally, I think it was six. Six in the end. Yeah, because he starts working at the golf course, and then what does he do? He gets a job at the Yacht Fair. I, I kind of think we should specify it's a mini golf course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mini golf course. He's working at a fair as a candle maker. Yes. He's training dogs how to fight or whatever that whatever he was doing there. Mm. He was selling knives. He cut that woman's fingers off, I assume. 
He worked at a Hungry Jacks or equivalent. Mm. And then he gets a job as a safety inspector of a nuclear power plant. I mean, it seems pretty good for a 24-year-old to be able to walk out of one job and into another. Yeah, repeatedly. Repeatedly. 1980 seems like a very different time. Seems like a very different time. Yes. For a start, the, the blades on the mini-golf uh, windmill were human-powered, which is interesting. Absolutely. I wonder if that was anything to do with the 1980s gas price crisis. And they could no longer use their gasoline-powered windmill turbine pump system. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying words yeah, until they make kept, sense. You were looking at me like with each individual word. When's he going to? When is this going to end? Man, if I had a dollar for every time someone said you were talking, and, th- and I was thinking, when was this going to end? <laughs> um, there's a great. Ju- so, uh, do, do you want to do the thing where you summarize? Because you summarize the episodes more succinctly than I do. Okay. Uh... Homer and Marge think that Marge might be pregnant because Barnacle Bill's home pregnancy test. You might remember Barnacle Bill's being the main sponsor of this show. Uh, Barnacle Bill's... Something I found great about that is I don't think Barnacle Bill exists as a restaurant chain in America. I don't believe it does. I think that's just a funny little character they've created saying, wouldn't it be idiotic if something was called this? I think it's a sensible bit of alliteration that they've slipped into the show and it's meant to be incongruous that some sort of uh, sea person is the uh, <laughs> sea person. Yeah, is the one telling you whether you're pregnant or not. Sure. So, with they, a very nice selection of rhyming couplets too. Actually. Yeah. If you test should fail, to a doctor set sail, etc. So, <laughs> they think Marge might be a prego. So she goes to the doctor and says, "Look, am I pregnant?" And the doctor says, "No." And that's the plot, but. At the same time, Homer is telling the kids about how Bart was born. Yes. Yeah, saving you know a lot of the gritty details out, but tells them the you know the lovely little uh, story of how they came to be a family. And after the very first beat of the story, we see that Bart and Lisa have already gotten bored of being told the story, and they're out in the backyard playing inexplicably a game of croquet yeah i'd like to know where they got the croquet stuff from but missing out on much of what is a very nice episode of the simpsons because they're too busy croqueting have you ever played croquet i think i've played it at a wedding i think that's the only place you play croquet Mm. because people put a kid out at a wedding it's like hey here's a thing you're not going to do in any other circumstance so why not do it here i once lived end of story no um uh, a previous house was near and a... I can't truly say that I've lived, so you've got one up on me. You oh, and Homer now. It's because I haven't travelled. Man, I hate that attitude. Um, uh, no, I once lived... The, the Warradale house. About mm. a ten-minute walk from the Warradale house, there was a, um, uh, a croquet club, which is now a phrase that in Adelaide makes people go, oh, you mean that shit bar that pops up every time around the fringe? Mm. Nope. An actual like local club where they played croquet just off Brighton Road. I used to walk past croquet matches happening all the time. You, matches, I, practices, it's re- very hard to delineate a match from a practice. I lived in that house. I don't recall there being any croquet. This is right down near Brighton Road. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, as we have established when I was living in your house, I was in a pit of despair, so I barely left the house. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't see it's any hard, croquet. It's hard to see the croquet green from the despair pit. Yes. Yeah. Why did that house have a despair pit, by the way? Well, because I knew you'd be moving in. <laughs> you started digging it. Started digging. Yeah, and your mum came over and said, Nick, why are you digging the pit in the backyard? And you said, you'll see soon. You'll see you'll soon. You'll see soon. Mm. I mean, I wanted to stay in the bedroom, but you said I had to stay in the pit. In the pit. Those are the rules. Yeah. I got rained on. 
it was kind of like falling down a well. Which brings us to our next episode. <laughs> Probably shouldn't transition. We're, we're going for our shortest episode of Pods in the Keys Springfield ever. <laughs> a mere three hours of inane chatter. So, uh, yeah, the Marge goes off to the doctor and the kids manage to guess. Really, I don't know how they managed to guess that Marge might be pregnant just because she went to the doctor. Oh, that seems very prescient of the children. That is interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and Homer was being a little aloof and a little despondent, but mm. this hmm, odd that they would both. I mean, mm. I suppose Bart has seen it happen with Lisa and Maggie, and maybe this is the way Homer reacts over time. Lisa's seen it when Maggie came along. Maybe there is a pattern of behaviour that they're picking up on. Hmm, it's possible. It's possible. Don't know if that's funny enough to go to any further any further paths with. So I'm going to move on to the next note on my page. So Homer and Marge, uh, when Marge got pregnant with Bart, Homer was 24 years old. This means by my calculation, they had been dating for six years. Sure. Which means that Homer, I don't know, like in my head, I always think that Homer and Marge got pregnant fairly soon after they started dating in high school all right but actually they had a fairly firmly established relationship it seems if homer was 24 years old and then there's this sort of weird thing where you know marge is still living with her sisters and uh the family hates homer and is constantly trying to talk her out of dating him and Mm. i don't know it feels like actually uh, it's been a relationship that's been going for a very long time yeah and surely they should just get on board yes get on board or fuck off yeah been going for over a quarter of her life at this point because yeah. i think uh i think marge is meant to be slightly younger than homer sure yeah so that's something um your fridge is making a noise oh, it's the fridge that's making yeah. the noise i thought it was motorbike guy <laughs> I thought, sorry i thought it was motor mike doing a burnout <laughs> um or to give him his full name motor bicycle um <laughs> that's a joke for no one other than me <laughs> um they mentioned champagne Yes, when they're in the um, when they're in the castle, um, after is it after Homer's proposed? They go in the castle. No, it's well before. It's when oh, shit. They, of course, it's it is. when it's he well impregnates before. her. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Champagne seed. So I looked up champagne to see what it is because I didn't know. Mm. It is a brand of malt liquor. It is brewed with yeasts more commonly used in sparkling wine production, producing a beer. That tastes slightly of sparkling wine. Huh. As someone who enjoys beer and doesn't like sparkling wine, uh, sparkling <laughs> wine, I'd like to say champagne can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who greatly enjoys both beer and sparkling wine, what the fuck? Why would anyone? Do you enjoy sparkling wine? I like the occasional sparkling wine. That's interesting because I know from 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 one horrible incident which ruined you forever. Mm. I thought you were off wine. In general, I didn't realize sparkling was a caveat to that. Well, I don't drink it very often, but when I do, I enjoy it. Sure. We're talking like maybe once a year. Right. It's it's a very occasional. Something really distressed me about this, and it wasn't the fact that they were drinking champagne and probably eating pemmican. It was, uh, (laughs) they're in this this, um, windmill. Yes. And they, they, they do it in this windmill, right? It's implied they have sex. Sure. Yeah, they have yes. sexual relations. But, 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 sure. moments yes. before they do it, hmm. Homer sucks aside the glass he's drinking. 
and you hear the glass shatter. They are fucking in a windmill full of broken glass. Full is probably a generous adjective. But there's bound to be like there could be like a glass stem, like a cracked stem in the on the ground there. Oh, that's not what you want. Yeah, that's not optimal. No, it's it, it's suboptimal. Yeah, I mean personally, I prefer it when there's little to no glass. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say little to no glass, you mean specifically broken shards of glass. Yeah, L- little to no shards of broken glass. Yeah. I mean, frankly, any level of glass, whether broken or otherwise, <laughs> on the site of, uh, you know, the copulation is not ideal. So if you're in a bedroom and there's a bedside table with a glass of water on the bedside table... Well, if it was in the bed, though, then you've got a problem. Right, okay. If they just put the glass down, then it would be a different matter entirely. But they smashed the glass, mm. and then they roll around it in some sort of... Uh, what did Marge do with her glass? I don't think we see. I no. assume she shattered it on the ground. Right. And then said, this is what I want. No more champagne. Yeah, I want shattered glass and I want to do it right here. Right. And hmm. it is in that um in that hellscape that Bart is conceived. So maybe that explains a lot. Maybe it does explain a lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, glass, Bart, they both have a long A. Yeah. Is there any further we can pull that thread? Don't think so. <laughs> so Homer, Homer and Marge go to see The Empire Strikes Back. The is movie... This a, is this a film? Yes. Right. It came out August 7, 1980. Nick, have you seen The Empire Strikes Back? No. Okay, the incredulous look you're giving me. Do you know what The Empire Strikes Back is? It's one of the Star Wars okay, okay. original yes. trilogy. I honestly couldn't tell you if it, if it was uh, four, five, or six. But Sorry, I know for a that... moment there, I thought you genuinely wouldn't have known it was a Star Wars film, and I really would have enjoyed that, I think. Uh, the, I mean, whilst I'm happy to play into the character of Nick, who knows not what movies are, I have to say that Homer does mention the spoiler about Darth Vader being Luke's father. And I'm going to have to bleep that. If I still didn't put together that it was a Star Wars movie, <laughs> I would be classed as really thick by lots of people. The, uh, T-H-I-C-C, yes. Um, and, okay, I'm going pl- to place my bets. You know, there's somebody listening to this right now. Damn, he's thick as shit. I'm going to place my bets and say that um, Empire Strikes Back is the second in the original trilogy, which would make it movie number five. Oh, you got it, yes. That yeah. is correct. You got the most basic of Star Wars facts correct. Yeah. That's good. Can I guess the order of the other two in the trilogy? <laughs> what? <laughs> the order of the other two? It starts with... N- number four is just called Star Wars, isn't it? Sure, until the re-release, so they gave it the subtitle A New Hope. A New Hope. Yeah. And number three, uh, sorry, number three, which is number six, is called Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Well done, Nick. You know I, a little bit about some movies you haven't seen. Something I really enjoy is all the anyone listening to this is sitting going, are you fucking <laughs> serious? But for me, this is actually a genuinely big accomplishment, getting these things right. You know, it's a really big accomplishment for me that I haven't sidetracked the entire thing by discussing how David Lynch nearly directed Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that mute button's looking pretty tempting. <laughs> So, uh, what else happens in this episode that we've said very little about? Uh, 
there's a brochure in this episode sure. that Marge receives when she finds out she's pregnant. That's yes. why she's been throwing up in the morning. The brochure is called So You Ruined Your Life. Very good. I feel like this visual gag has very heavily influenced an entire generation of people <laughs> about our age who have um, taken this this gag as like the visual signifier for how a lot of people feel when they hear other people have gotten pregnant. That is interesting. Because, yeah, I suppose I have taken that and and run with it as a theory. I feel like this is an incredibly pervasive gag because it represents a genuine feeling a lot of people have, Mm. but struggle to express because it's a fairly taboo sort of expression to put forth. And The Simpsons normalized it to some degree, I think, with this quick little visual gag. I think that's probably done wonders for a lot of people. That's actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. How does it relate to the consumption of, say, a Butterfinger? <laughs> well, funny you should ask, because I got two right here. Oh, I wish God. I had something crinkly in my pockets to lay down. And uh, the rest of this episode is largely going to be about the Butterfingers. Is that the wrapping for the present you gave me back in December? I don't clean my house very often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I'd picked up any other crinkly thing. <laughs> So readily available. Um, right next to the table we recorded that <laughs> months yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of months. <laughs> so um, they come out of one of Homer's um, uh, storytelling vignettes yep. to see uh, Bart and Lisa arguing about what the kid should be called yep. if Marge is indeed pregnant. Yes. Um, Lisa is... Oh, God, I've started this strong. Lisa is... Ariel. Ariel, thank yes. you. Uh, after Ariel Winter, star of Modern Family. Yep. Um, you know she uh, she emancipated herself from her parents. Oh, interesting. When she was like fourteen. Bart's going to do that in episode two hundred. Three hundred, I think. Three hundred. Yeah. Two hundred's been... Trash of the Titans with uh, oh, Steve Martin and Bono. And um, episode three hundred was the episode I've been most excited for because it has Tony Hawk in it, your favorite skateboarder. Yes, and Blink One Eight Two. Sure. Um, so Bart is asking for Cool Mo D, which mm. made me think. Who the fuck is Cool Mo D? Yeah, me too. Uh, cool Mo D is a an American rapper. Uh, real name Mohandas Duisi. 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 Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, active and popular in the seventies through to the nineties, he was the first rapper to perform at the Grammys, which is actually a pretty cool thing, really. Yeah, and he had a long in in a fact that makes me. Very happy. He had a long... Cool Mo D had a long-running feud with LL Cool J, which manifested in Cool Mo D featuring some album art of a Jeep running over and crushing one of LL Cool J's famous hats. Whoa. Isn't that great? I mean, that's something. What a ridiculously petty <laughs> way to express a rap beef, if I can appropriate some terminology. I can imagine Cool Modi saying to LL Cool J, yeah, well, in 30 years, people are only going to remember one of us. And that, you know. I, but for me, L- LL Cool J is a more cultural touchstone than Cool Modi. Yeah, that's the joke I was making. Oh, but it was <laughs> Cool Modi that was saying that. Yes. Right. Because he would be saying it, and the irony would oh, the be irony. his incorrectness, yeah. Oh, see, I thought cool Mo- I thought in your mind, Cool Mo D was very self-deprecating. <laughs> Which I, you went for a very different joke to the I, one I was making. I, I really enjoy the idea of a rapper being in the middle of a long-running feud with another rapper, but instead of being grandiose and boasting, one of them just being 
Heaps self-deprecating. Yeah, man, you're right. You do have better album sales than me. What of it? I would have liked to see them team up for LL Cool Mo D, but it never quite happened, I assume. Oh, no, and if they did like the, the, the record scratching as a team, <laughs> they would be the LL Cool Mo DJ. That, yes. Yeah. Yes, why did that not happen, maybe, to the best of our knowledge? Maybe. Having just learned who LL uh, Cool Mo D was... Maybe that'll 20 be, minutes ago. Maybe that'll be my DJ name. Maybe I'll go into uh, the the live um, iPod playing and call myself LL Coolmo DJ. Wouldn't recommend it. You are a white man. It's better. Okay. What about if I go with my my other name, the whitest thing in the world for a DJ name? So glad you had a backup. What is it? I, I suspect a lot of people have made this joke already, but I find it funny. I would name myself um, Tanner. Tanner? Because then my full DJ name would be the name of the oldest daughter in Full House, DJ Tanner. Okay, okay. Don't know that many people have made that joke, Nick. Right, okay, cool. (laughs) For some reason I thought that was really hacky, whereas I actually think it's just really shit. And then between every song I could play a sample of Uncle Joey going, Cut it out! That'd be great. Full House every night, performing to a Full House. Fuck! Fuck, DJ Tanner performing to a full house. What a poster. Well, these days he'd be performing to a fuller house. Oh. Oh. Have I told you the story that I heard on a podcast about when John Stamos... So... (laughs) This is just material from a different podcast now that we're repeating on ours. It's a good story. Do you remember the podcast? It's a good... I think it was on Dum Dum Club. Okay, Little Dum Dum Club. It's a good story, though, about John Stamos. Um, someone went to, he was doing like a, an autograph thing or like a meet and greet something. Yeah. Someone had found, so in Full House, uh, Uncle Jesse played by John Stamos. Uncle Jesse was in a band called Jesse and the Rippers. Right. And they were all like, you know, bleach denim jeans and leather jackets and white t-shirts, that kind of stuff. Someone the found... The Rippers? Jesse and the Rippers, yeah. That's an odd name. Yeah, it's not great. I just immediately think of Jack the Ripper. Mm. Mm. Someone found like a, a wall-sized poster and... Well, sorry, I think I think someone... <laughs> How big is a wall, exactly? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, you, you know the big like A0 posters? Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, someone made uh, a Jesse and the Rippers a 0 size poster took it to John Stamos at this meet and greet for him to sign. And he signed it with, hey, absolutely go fuck yourself, John Stamos. <laughs> um, can we talk about when Homer gets the job as the candle maker at the... the, 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 the... I'd rather stick on John Stamos, I think. Now let's talk about the candle. Candle. My favourite part about the candle scene... The what a crappy candle scene, yes. which I enjoy a great deal. Yes, my favourite part is that in the establishing shot, as we're current, where we're zooming in on Homer before he pulls out the candle, uh, you see a guy filming the whole thing on a handy cam. And that just really made me laugh because it reminded me of a family holiday in 2003 when we went to Queensland. Mm. And on like the home video that we took, there's like a 35-minute video of me holding a camera while watching. we watch a guy make... That kind of hard boiled boiled lollies, hard hard candy <laughs> stuff, and looking back on it, we're never going to sit down and watch that again. <laughs> but you have the watch, full thing. Watching it the first time was tedious enough, um, and I enjoyed seeing the guy filming the candle making. It's just like you're not going to watch this, dick. I like to imagine you're doing that. You would have been more like sixteen, two thousand three, uh, two thousand three. Yeah, 
I had to imagine you doing that and thinking, look, I'm not into this right now, but someday I'll be a boring adult and this will be my jam completely. That's nice. why we're here at all. That's probably that's probably exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I thought I would be the next James Candy Maroon. James Candyman? Candy Maroon. Okay. Might cut that. <laughs> Might leave it in. Who can say? <laughs> Um, I wanted to be the next Candy Tarantino. Candy Tarantino? I'm trying to find a way to mix like the the lolly making with film directing. Yeah, and, I got and... I got the Couldn't you have just said Quentin Taffitino then? Oh, Taffitino. <laughs> That's good. But James, it wasn't Taffy, it was hard boiled sweets. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> it's like that time. Maybe you're trying to come up with a Duran Duran song that you could change into oh, a song my, about Durians. Oh my god. And you kept saying, I just, I don't know, like, none of them match up. And oh. I said, their main song is Hungry Like the Wolf. It's got the word hungry. You just change it to hungry for some fruit. <laughs> that was one of my lowest moments. <laughs> because I think my response to you was, no, I wanted to go something more niche. Why? <laughs> it's a joke about Duran Duran and Durians. It's the one joke people will get. Oh god. That you can make about Duran Duran. I think, you know, uh, that's that's going that's going to eventually be my downfall is the fact that people will cotton on <laughs> that I intentionally go for the eighth most niche joke available. Uh, so Homer gets a whole bunch of jobs. And then eventually he writes Mudge, who was heavily pregnant, a letter saying, look, i got to fuck off for a bit, i got to sort my shit out, I'll come back. Thinking about this quite hard, because on some level, Homer really steps up. He actually sorts his shit out, yep. and is there for Mudge, and is fairly good in this instance. Uh, I guess, like, you know, the shame of not being able to vide really, uh, you know, upsets him, and he really dedicates his life to being better. On the other hand, he does sort of walk out on his pregnant wife and disappear for a long period of time. Yeah, I can't get behind that tactic. Yeah. And they it seems like it... it's well intended mm. and it's presented as though he's doing the right thing. They present it as a very noble thing to do. Mm. And I'm just not sure that that's a good take. Yeah. Definitely within the world the show is presenting, this is like the good thing for him to do. Mm. But whether that's actually a thing, you know, he should be doing, no. I would say probably not. Just I would uh, say probably not. He could have had this whole journey while also still staying there because and looking after his pregnant wife. Because the other thing is, there's nothing about his absence that made it. Well, nothing that's shown mm. in in what we see in the episode that made his absence easier or better for him to get jobs and earn money because he already had jobs and was kind of earning money it's just that he they're all shit jobs and he wasn't very good at them yeah um if it was the kind of thing where it was only possible for him to uh you know if he was working out of town or something like that but he wasn't mm. patty and selma run into him at the gulp and blow gulp and blow terrible name for a restaurant <laughs> I got a deep dive theory. I got there's some stuff in this episode that's hinting. Have towards... you been taking a scuba course? <laughs> yeah, my theory is that um, I'm not a good diver. But look, there's uh, there's oh. some stuff. You know, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but sometimes we get very serious as well. We dive deep into the dark side of The Simpsons. We talk about. You know, the nefarious beings who live just beneath the surface. We talk about the egg flip universe theory that posits that uh, 
time is a flat circle and whatever the fuck there's like some alternate dimension stuff going on we talked about broken glass before yeah there's some broken glass uh we know that multiple times we have seen characters die on screen only for the rest of the series to become their death dream something going on in this episode mr burns is playing a ripoff of miss pac-man in the power plant we see him he's playing a ripoff yeah, he's playing a ver- a game that is very clearly ripping off oh, Miss Pac-Man okay. based on Miss Pac-Man. I assumed it was Miss Pac-Man. Is well, it clear- he- is it shown as being something that's not Miss Pac-Man? Well, it might be that for licensing reasons they have to show you know something that isn't quite Miss Pac-Man. Sure. Even though it's very very clearly based on Miss Pac-Man. However, as Elliot from Simpsons and Linux would say, a pal port. Sure. A parallel import. What year is this episode set in? As as oh. uh, Carl McLaughlin might say on Twin Peaks, what year is it? <laughs> um, it's set in 1980, isn't it? 1980. Now, what year did Miss Pac-Man come out? I'm going <laughs> to guess that it maybe wasn't... Wait. Pac... Okay, I'm going to put my cards on the table and talk as though I have authority. Because sure. I'm a man and damn it, that's what we do. Sure. Um, I'm going to say that original Pac-Man came out well before 1980, but Miss Pac-Man was after. Well, the original Pac-Man came out in 1980... In Miss Pac-Man came out in 1982, and Miss Pac-Man is a distinctly different game in a few different ways. It's a lot harder. Uh, a lot of people consider it to be the better game. So in 1980, we see Mr. Burns play a ripoff of Miss Pac-Man. So I've been thinking a bit about this and what this could mean. Okay, I've got a theory. Yes, is Mr. Burns a game developer? I don't think Mr. Burns is a game developer, but I do think there is some nefarious game development going on behind the he's, scenes here. He's just in his office honking on a trial unit. Are you, have you ever heard the tale of uh, Polybus? Polybus? Polybus. It's this uh, arcade machine that some claim existed in the 80s. There's very little real evidence that this was like a real thing, but some people say that Polybus was an arcade machine that existed for a brief period at some point in the 80s that was actually part of a CIA mind control scheme. It was part of MK Ultra, and people would play this game. Oh my it was god. A mind control. Thing Can I happening. just say, a moment ago, yep. I literally, when you said Polybus was a machine in the 80s, I literally jumped in and said, is this an MK Ultra thing? <laughs> and then I was like, no, I've derailed you too many times in the last three minutes. I'm not going to derail you again. <laughs> no, this is an MK Ultra. This was the... It's almost like my mind's being controlled. This was the hot theory that uh, Polybus was part of MK Ultra. It was a CIA mind control thing. There are all these, you know, possibly falsified, I have to say for legal reasons, reports of people, you know, playing the game and going into like weird states, having seizures, this sort of thing. The machines mysteriously appeared, mysteriously disappeared, or so the legend goes. So we see in 1980 a machine that should not be there, a machine that should not exist within this world, something that is being used maybe to control this nuclear power baron. So Hmm. who do I think of immediately? Our old mate, Dr. Colossus. I think Dr. Colossus was behind this machine. I think Dr. Colossus is running some sort of MK Ultra mind control shenaniganizing, which is now a word, on Mr. Burns. That's... Mr. Burns, who meets Homer in this episode and says he likes the cut of his jib and he'll remember who he is. Subsequently, cannot ever remember who Homer is, of course, because his mind is all melted and... Fuck. Wild. Oh my god. That is... A wild, wild theory. Dr. Colossus is MK altering Mr. Burns through this machine that exists outside of time. 
I'm, I, I think that's the most fleshed out Colossus theory we've had so far. That was great. Yeah. Um, I also think Colossus may have been involved in planting a lighter on Homer because Homer goes to the hospital. Yeah, and he has a lighter. Yeah, and Bart picks the lighter out and tries to burn his father with the lighter that Homer is carrying. Homer doesn't smoke. Homer's not a smoker. He has smoke. lit up no birthday cakes recently. Birthday cakes. Yeah, that's the other use you have for a lighter oh, when you're, right, somebody sure. doesn't smoke. For a small moment there, I thought that your slang for cigarettes was birthday cakes. <laughs> like you walk into your local bloody convenience store. Hey, back up birthday cakes, please. Hit me up with them cakes. So, yeah, he's carrying this lighter. Bart, who we have firmly established as a secret genius, is able to operate a Zippo lighter from a very young age. From 10 minutes old. Yeah, a Zippo lighter. By the way, a particularly weird lighter for a non-smoker to own. So there's definitely something yeah. going on here. Unless we want to believe that Homer is simply an unreliable narrator and this entire thing is some sort of uh, aggrandized version of the actual events that happened, I have—I think we have to believe that Dr. Colossus is pulling the strings that behind is, the scenes. That is amazing. Especially because in the game that Burns is playing, in the mind control game, yep. he is taking great relish in being the powerful, mm. crushing the powerless. He says, I have never felt so alive. Mm. Yeah, this is the this is the start of Mr. And Burns going down a dark path. That makes a lot more sense because when it first came up as Burns playing um, Ms. Pac-Man, I turned to you and said, that's an anachronistically modern thing for Burns to be doing. But it's not Burns. His mind's being controlled. He's being MK-Ultrad. We're using that as a verb now. <laughs> I don't see why not. All right, and conjugating it to the past tense. <laughs> Um, I had a note here about overhead projectors, but it kind of pales in comparison to your Colossus Let's theory. Let's hear your overhead projector note. I just, I'd forgotten that they existed, and then when the guy presents the Get Rich Quick scheme with an overhead projector, I was reminded of, of, of their existence. When I started teaching in 2011 at the university I was working at, we still used overhead projectors sometimes. Yeah. Redonkulous. And then I assume we burnt them all in a fire at some point. Fair. Yeah. So good app. Good app. Nice. Nice yeah. episode. Some people have sex. A child is born. It's good. Pretty good. I ep- like it. Pretty good episode. Yeah. Speaking of good episodes. Good app. We've actually had. We watched two crackers tonight. Uh, I Married Marge. Good episode. Yeah. Rodeo Bought. Rodeo Bought. Also good episode. Yeah. Video killed the Rodeo Bought. Uh, all we hear is Radio Homer. Radio Bart Bart. Sure. Radio Bart Bart. Now, I was listening to the podcast Comedy Bang Bang recently. You might be familiar with it. It's much more popular than our podcast. But uh, Comedy Bing Bong. Yep. It's and uh, Scott, Scott Ackerman's and... Uh, no, hang on. I had a fun riff on his name the other day. I'm going to go back through our message thing and find it. <laughs> you did? What was it like? Sock Irma Man or something? No. I think... Uh... And P.F. Tompkins, Paul F. Tompkins, uh, they Scott, have... Scotch Octagon. Scotch Octagon. They Which have an ongoing bit about uh, an ad they remember for a microphone that resembles the ad and the microphone from this episode exactly. And they bring it up and then say that whenever they bring it up for like a full year afterwards, they would constantly get messages from people who listen saying, no, you're just thinking about the Simpsons episode. And they keep saying, no, this is a real fucking thing. Oh, wow. Stop bothering us. Please stop hassling us. Interesting. So the reason we started this podcast, Pods in the Key of Springfield, really was to get people off of Scott Ackerman. 
get them, you know, stop bothering Scott Ackerman. So oh. that's a service we can now offer. Please stop harassing Scott Ackerman. Please harass us instead. We got really nothing going on. Leave Socks Wackerman alone. Yeah. Um, chalkboard, I will not carve gods. Will not carve gods. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> and we're not going to get into the argument we had before about whether or not carving was a form of craft. I mean, in my head, in a way, Barge, by creating Timmy O'Toole, he crafted a sort of god. Whether he carved the god or not is up for debate, but I feel like he crafted something. Yeah, I guess. That we could call godlike. I guess so. Certainly an omnipresence that affected the entire town. I suppose so. See, I I always took the, the chalkboard here of I will not carve gods. I always took that more to make a depiction of an already existing god. Yeah, I will not cry. I will not... Yeah, make a graven image. Yeah, of an existing. Whereas yes. your your interpretation appears to be, I will not take a lump of unhewn rock and make a new god burst forth from it. And I don't think I've made your language any more colourful than it need be. Um, which is just, which I think that's why. Because just a bit of behind the curtains here for the listeners. Maybe we'll keep this and maybe we'll cut it out. <laughs> There was a, a bit of a stony silence when when I uh, when we we talked about the chalkboard because I vehemently disagreed with your perfectly reasonable interpretation. Um, but I think I'm coming I'm coming around to seeing your side of it now. And on that, I want to point out that when actually, so it's probably jumping too far ahead to when Bart gets the coupons and goes to the ice cream shop. Phineas Q Butterfat is a great name for an ice cream it's shop. It's a very good name for an ice cream shop. And I shop. think I've probably mentioned that two or three times before now. Uh, probably Mount Bellyache, I mentioned it then. But I just, it's just so joyful. Phineas Q Butterfat. So this show has good names for ice cream parlors, specifically. Only ice cream. And also the episodes. You, I mean, you can't have things like Rodeo Bought. Yeah. And Bird, Bird gets, gets hurt by a cat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why is that a running joke? <laughs> Bart claiming all of these um, free birthday goods and services. He has a whole book full of vouchers yeah. for free things on his birthday. Reminded me that I never do that on my own birthday anymore. It used to be a real pleasure to just go around and claim all the free birthday shit you it used can get. to be great to go down to Boost Juice and grab yourself a highly sugared smoothie. Yep. By showing them your... Do you remember when Boost Juice ran the underwear competi- uh, uh, the, the promotion? Underwear promotion. So they would, at several participating Boost Juices around South Australia, they would put up a little thing saying, Hey, today's colour of the day is yellow. And if you could prove to the people at the Boost Juice counter that you were wearing yellow underpants, you'd get a free Boost Juice. Mm, that seems <laughs> I suspect. Had, I had a girlfriend that was working at Boost Juice at the time. Mm. In her words, I fucking hate this promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I get to spend all day looking at people's waistband going, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's very unpleasant, though, because then you're forcing your workers to engage with the underwear of the people who are coming into the store. Isn't there some sort of law against that? It's not great. Yeah. Yeah. That seems dubious to me. Mm. I, I mean, now they just say, like, what's your name? Which is a better promotion. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless you've like, got... Is a... your name Bill? Here you go. Although they are probably predominantly white names. <laughs> actually, I'm just being cynical. I've not looked into the terms or conditions. Maybe, maybe they actually are quite multicultural. I don't know. That'd be interesting. I, I have no idea. Yeah. That's really interesting. 
I do remember having the Ed Castle, a local pub, used to give you $150 on your birthday for drinks. Man, that was and that good. was And our birthday is on the same day, December 3rd, if you want to send us gifts. $300 bar tab. Yeah. <laughs> Which we did maybe once. Yeah. Well, they cut it down the next year, possibly yeah. because of us. Tell you what, though. Oh, I once, um, I once took advantage of the $150 tab... I'd spent a full day at the test match cricket mm. and then went to Ed Castle because one of my friend's friends was launching an album and their album launch was that night. So they gave me free entry because uh, it was my birthday and then I had $150 in the bar. I was very, very happy. <laughs> and towards and the- that was in like 2011 money. That would be worth $450 now. Imagine if they gave you a 150 Bitcoin bar tab. Am I right? <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm going to see how my $50 are doing. I uh, love that cryptocurrency. Love to mine the coins and uh, get the get the computer to make the wallets. My $50 has gone down to $31. But that's up. Isn't that up from it was like 26 before? Yes. Oh, you're raking it in. Crypto market's volatile. <laughs> So, uh, there's a scene in this episode where they go to Wally Weasel, where they cram fun down your throat. Yes. And they've got the weird animatronics, and they sing, you're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday boy or girl. Yes. This is now one of the, like, four things you can post on somebody's Facebook wall on their birthday. Yes. Is that, or this isn't a very happy birthday for Rex Banner. You might be able to get away with Lisa. It's your birthday if your friend's name is Lisa. My friend Lisa, if you are listening, hello. I don't and think you're listening, but hello. And then the fourth one is just like that that brooding picture of Ryan Reynolds. And it just says, hey, I heard it's your birthday. What? Have, have you not seen that? Are you thinking of Ryan Gosling? Oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, okay. Because I was thinking, because Ryan Reynolds, me and him, we don't see eye to eye. Is Ryan Gosling, is he going to grow up to be Ryan Goose? <laughs> Is that how that works? Is a gosling... Wait a minute, is a gosling like the duckling version of a goose or is it just the female version? Uh, I believe it's the duckling version. Let's hope so. (laughs) Hey, he's the birthday boy or girl. Uh, Gosling v. Goose. My friend David Wild Goose, if you're listening, hello. Gosling definition, baby geeks. Okay, good. And that's good. according to thespruce.com. <laughs> the spruce? Thespruce.com. The spruce goose? The spruce moose goose? <laughs> huh. Something I find weird in this episode, and this might... I, I feel like when I watched this episode as a kid, I just thought, oh, they just do things differently in America, or possibly even, I guess my family does this differently... Is it weird to you as well? And I feel like this happens in a few different American shows and cartoons. Is it weird to you that the parents each buy Bart separate gifts instead of just pulling together and oh. giving him a bunch of presents that are from his parents? You know, I've never, that's never struck me as weird until now, but you're right. Yeah. Parents always give, at least in my experience, parents always give a, a homogenized parental unit gift. Yeah. Rather, you should be like, here are the presents that are from both mum and dad, rather than, I'm your dad, I got you this gift, your mum got you this gift. Yeah. That is strange, right? That is strange. Yeah. And look, I know that, like, I know that everything that anyone ever gets said on a podcast, the immediate reaction is write in and let us know. But can international listeners 
please flick us a tweet on at Key Springfield. Yeah. I would genuinely like to know if that's a thing that happens in real life or if it's only a Hollywood thing. Yeah, because it makes sense, obviously, if the parents are divorced and you go to two separate things. Sure, but sure, sure, if, sure. Uh, Or, you know, separate or just not together or yes. whatever. But it's, it's, it's strange to me. It's very strange. It's very strange that, but, that, that two people who continue a relationship as a parental mm. unit would not give a gift from the parental unit. Yeah, and I feel like this is a common thing in American sitcoms and cartoons, and it's always like the joke is that the dad doesn't know how to buy a gift. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just a device they use to justify Mm. the shitty idiot dad trope. Mm. 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 I I hope it's a storytelling device. Yeah. Otherwise, America, you got some splaining to do. (laughs) So, that was such an insincere laugh. Fuck. I'm gonna make that my I'm gonna make that my ringtone. Oh, can I point out one of the gifts that Bart got? Yes, was a book, <clears throat> a book written by <clears throat> one of America's. Are all of your notes just names? Oh, wait, no, I know what this one is. Okay, yeah. carry on. A book written by <clears throat> one of America's uh, leading psychiatrists. <clears throat> yes, Doctor Marvin Monroe's Guide to Etiquette. Oh, that, oh, that was croaky. That one hurt. <laughs> Do you see why they stopped doing this character now? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he gets a cactus and he gets a little suit and he gets this oh. microphone. And Homer has that great line, boy, I know you think nothing's going to top that cactus. I love when Homer gets excited about bullshit. <laughs> Homer, also in this episode, there's a little gag. Little gag that I feel like you and I are going to feel differently about. There's a little gag where he goes to the freezer and there's the Napolitana ice cream, mm. you know, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. And he just wants chocolate ice cream. And there's two containers and he's eaten all of the chocolate out of them. Mm. Something weird happens in my brain whenever I see this joke. As I understand the joke is you buy the three flavors because you think, oh, brilliant, three flavors, bit of variety. Mm. And then he just wants the chocolate one. For some reason... My brain's reaction to this joke is always, always, just buy the chocolate one. Like, I just refuse to accept the joke. Interesting. I notice you laughing at it, but my brain always rejects this joke, and I don't fully understand why. Interesting. I mean, my reaction, while I do laugh, my reaction is, ah, oh, Homer, you lovable <laughs> you idiot. You ragamuffin. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's interesting, because I, I do accept the premise of the joke, <laughs> but at the same time... Chastise Homer for being stupid. Yeah, um, I'm glad to know. I'm I'm oddly glad to know that you reject the premise of the joke, though. <laughs> it also implies that nobody in nobody in the house is eating any of the vanilla or the strawberry ice cream. Well, let's not get started on my feelings on ice cream, because as we found out a couple of episodes ago, I that, think I don't like ice cream. Yeah, and then we had like a discussion in real life about this, where yeah, I tried to. I have more discussions where I try to convince people that they actually like ice cream than is normal. I think because this seems to keep happening where people tell me they don't like ice cream. I say, well, I've seen you eat it numerous times. I guess, um, yeah, I don't. I and look, I know that we're now. <laughs> recapping a real life conversation based on a conversation we had in the podcast this is the most up its own ass this podcast has ever been but i have the feeling i don't like ice cream turns out i do but i feel like i don't and i don't quite know how to reconcile that i had a thought during this episode that i've never had before and it hit me and i'm like oh why have i never had this thought before that's strange weird that this has never occurred to me before 
It's uh, when Bart is using his microphone to talk to Rod and Todd through their radio. Sure. And he says that he's God. Yes. I heard this and I thought, wait a minute. Did the Flanders name their children Rod and Todd because they both rhyme with God? Poss, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Because this is the, this is, you know, Rod, Todd, this is God. You hear them all together. It's like, oh yeah, they've got the yeah. same sound. Wait a second. I think, huh. It's weird I've never thought that before. That thought has never occurred to me. After years and years and years of watching the show and like wasting my life and just watching and thinking about it and like going on dates and saying to women, hey, do you, how do you feel about The Simpsons? They say, it's okay. And I talk about it for hours. I notice their eyes glaze over. You know, after all that time, all the effort that I've put into The Simpsons, all the thoughts I've had, all the wasted nights, uh, crying at home alone watching it, it's weird that I've never had this thought before. Okay, but is it more interesting to you that you've never had the thought or the more interesting to you that the possibility is that they did name them that because it rhymes with God? I do wonder whether it is meant to be the Flanders name than that because they love God so much. Are they biblical names? Rod and Todd. Is Rod short for Rodney? <laughs> I'm, I, I, and, maybe. Todd, and Todd short for Todd. Yeah, Todd I reckon me. I've made that joke before <laughs> on this podcast. Um. Uh, we see Lisa hanging out with Janie. We do. That's nice. Which is nice because I believe I noted a few episodes ago that you very rarely see Lisa hanging out with other kids at home. Absolutely. So that was nice. I enjoyed that. And she's talking about a fantasy about living on a horse farm with a guy named Corey who walks around shirtless. Weird fantasy for an eight-year-old. Uh, that seems a bit extreme. Hmm. So Timmy O'Toole eventually materializes. Bart drops his microphone down a well, or the the other part of the microphone, the, the part that plays the music, the noise. The receiver. The receiver, sure. That's the, the common word for the sure. thing I just butchered. Uh, so, <laughs> people are really into Timmy O'Toole, like, right away in this episode. Yeah. Everyone is very upset about this little boy in the well. Mm. The whole town is very caught up, itchy and scratchy. Uh, dedicate an episode to him which seems like a weird thing to do seems mm-hmm. like they had a very quick turnaround time on this plus the boy's still alive it's weird very weird uh, they make that song Sending Our Love Down the Well which I already sang a few episodes ago sure yeah yep they get Sting they do get Sting they get Rainier Wolfcastle they get all the stars uh, the, the sky is dark because all the stars are in that song oh nice yep. nice 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 good yes I like it yeah so, this microphone, by the way, must have a really amazing range. Oh, must have astonishing range. Yeah. Um, and given that the ad for the microphone says, throw away your broadcasting towers, <laughs> how else is Bart getting that amount of range? Huh? 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 Unless the well is in the backyard of the Simpsons house, which it's not, although it would explain the sinkhole in the movie. That would explain the sinkhole in the movie. I don't know if there's any real way of explaining that fucking movie, though. We have to watch that again soon, don't we? Uh, we got some time. Oh, God. I noticed something today that I've never noticed ever before. Was it something to do with Rod and Todd? <laughs> yes. Their name sounds like... No. Um, Rodney and Toddney sounds a little bit... Like Godney and Godney. Like, God, like Gordon and Gotch. <laughs> um, don't bring up Gordon and Gotch. That is too obscure a reference to a weird joke we had between ourselves on the way to a concert once. Just once. Based on the name of a distributor of a magazine that I write for. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so there's a scene where um, where Santa's Little Helper starts resting the microphone off Bart. Mm. So everyone hears little Timmy O'Toole making growling noises. Ah, yes. We see Dr. Marvin Monroe saying that... You sound like you're dying when you Dr. do that. Marvin Monroe. Stop it. <coughs> <coughs> 
that's actually done me. Um, <laughs> saying that Bart is returning to a feral wolf-like state. And then we see a shot from the bottom of the world looking up. Mm. Which for, it's, just, it's not properly explained how a camera got down there. It's quite an awful shot, though. If you're going to lower a camera down there, why not lower it well, further I think it's down? just sitting on the rim, but aimed upwards. Oh, okay, on the rim. Um, and there are people looking into the world. Otto's there and some other random townsfolk. Mm. I've seen this episode a lot. I have never noticed that those people are all wearing little hats that are depictions of the top of the well. Yeah. They're all wearing well hats, James. They are wearing well hats. Is that something you had noticed previously? I had not. I noticed that the lines in that scene are weirdly thick. They all have thick black outlines around their characters. Very thick black outlines. Had not noticed the hats. Hats. They have well hats. I implore anyone to go looking for the well hats in that scene. Yeah, just go to Frankiak. It's on there somewhere. Go to Frankiak. Search um, wolf-like state. Search feral. They should take you around the Marvin Monroe scene. If and I remember, I'll post it on our Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. I, I probably won't, though. So unless somebody pokes me, uh, Sam, if you're listening, please remind me to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Uh, yeah, so that is strange. Uh, Otto is wearing one over the regular hat that he usually wears, so he's double-hatting. Double-hatting. Yep, which is not a typical Otto move, as far as I'm concerned. No, no. And eventually, to skip ahead a little bit here, Bart falls down the well. He gets trapped. Rock falls on his leg. He's stuck down there for 128 hours until eventually he has to cut his own leg off and climb out. Would you like to hear a joke? I guess, yeah. What's it called when the bus driver from Springfield... When, sorry, when the school bus driver from Springfield mm. likes to deprive himself of oxygen in sexual acts? Is it auto-asphyxiation? Auto-erotic asphyxiation. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess it would be called that, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Thanks. Uh, so he falls down the well. And he's trapped, and like I said, he has to cut his own leg off, and he. I'll be doing that joke at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in March 2018. Just that joke. Tickets are forty (laughs) dollars. Good, good. I'm looking forward to it. So you're um, you don't have anything else you're going to do. You weren't going to like bust out your um, your your other material that you have. You know, like you know, Paddy's drive like this, Selma's drive like this. That's very, very good. (laughs) The only problem I have with that is Mm. that if. Is that if I start by saying Paddy's drive like this, there might be a bunch of Irish people in the audience going, don't make fun of us, you fuck. And then I'll get, you know, potatoes thrown at me. And other stereotypes as well. (laughs) Why potatoes? I get it. Um, I just want to point out the irony in that bit of saying, wouldn't it be awful if I offended the Irish and then go on to deeply offend most of them? I don't know if we have any listeners. Oh, we had a few listeners in Ireland. Okay. Uh, had. <laughs> Good use of past tense. Um, so can I raise a thought about when Lou and whatever the other police guy's name is? Eddie and Lou. Eddie yep. and Lou. Yep. Um, they commit some fairly gross negligence. Yes. Um, when So Bart falls down the world because he tries to get the thing because Lisa points out it has a property of Bart Simpson sticker on yep. it. Yep. Um, and then when they find out, when he says, look, I'll level with you. There isn't a Timmy at all. It was me. I was playing a, playing a prank. And the two police officers go, well, let's leave this kid to die yeah. and walk away. They should not be in the police force anymore. Everyone if it t- had rained that night when nobody else knew Bart was down there. Absolutely would have drowned. Yeah. He 
the the way that look, I get that it's a prank, and that people aren't happy when when pranks happen. Um, uh, but the way the town's like, well, let him die, mm. is just so extreme. It's quite grim. It's really grim. And I don't think the grimness had ever affected me until this viewing. Well, Lisa tries to sort of signpost this a bit by saying, the thought of a boy down a well brought out the good in everyone. Once they hear about this, they're going to tear you apart with a rusty hook, something like that. Bit weird. Because it didn't really bring out the good in the town. What it really brought out is that a lot of people cashed in on this boy down the well. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of jokes in here about the commercialization of this event. The commercialization it, of tragedy in general. Yeah, because you have to pay for entry. People are selling like bags of little children's teeth, which yeah. is a bit grim. There's the hats that we saw. The hats. There's a Ferris wheel set up. There are the hats. Yeah, there's the hats. Yeah. Yeah, that people wear on their heads. Yeah. They look like wells. Yeah. Yeah. They look like Orson Wells. <laughs> HG Wells, Orson Wells. Yeah, Orson Wells. They're um, who's? They've got their hats and they've got their citizen canes. Oh, Orson Wells and HG Wells, two different people. HG Wells was he was the War of the Worlds guy. Yeah, War of the Worlds. But I feel like Orson Wells maybe read War of the Worlds on the radio. What? That can't be right. That's unless it is. Uh, listeners, write in. And tell then me it if turned. I'm right. it, and then it was War of the Worlds. War of the Wells. Yeah, it's just like they used to say, all wells uh, that read wells. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> That's the joke I'm going to settle on. Wonderful. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, there's this um, weird like commercialization sort of thing going on here that seems like commentary on you know cashing in on trauma. Sure. Which is the sort of thing that still gets talked about a lot today, yeah. especially with like true crime being a huge genre. But it doesn't really go anywhere because doesn't go anywhere. once Bart falls down the well and everyone sort of changes their mind, I often feel like this show should be more overt in judging the people for the things they do sometimes Interesting. in the course of the show. Uh, especially after Bart, you know, had to cut his own leg off to escape. Actually, what happens is that they dig down... They dig a very efficient mine system, mm. and they get him out. And I quite like that you've got Skinner, Apu, Mo, and Krusty all working down in that uh, mine to get him out. Mm. That was nice. All these sort of like uh, adult figures that he's either harangued or loved or yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. That is nice. They all work together. They get little Bud out. Sting helps, and it's good. It's a good episode. Um, the, Would have died if it rained, though. The idea of the... Yes. The idea of the commercialization of tragedy. Um, I was thinking about this fairly recently. Not to be confused with the infinality of brass, which is a different concept. <laughs> and in, in many ways, the 12th character of the Simpsons. <laughs> um, the, so, I feel like in, in the last two years, yep. it became very popular to talk about the um, the inflatable slide ride that is the titanic sinking so okay. i thought you were about to segue into an actual inflatable slide ride there and i got confused it is an inflatable slide oh the- oh oh oh! you mean like the big inflatable one that you slide down and you pretend you're going off the titanic is that the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. okay okay uh, it's sorry like- i thought you meant it as like a weird metaphor but oh, you meant it as an no, actual sorry. thing okay. as an actual thing uh, so at like the Royal Adelaide show and some of the other shows around the country, mm. yeah. big inflatable ride, kids go up a ladder on the side mm. and then, yeah, it's a big like slippery dip that you go down and it's yeah. shaped like the Titanic is sinking. You land in the water, there's like one piece of wood and only one kid can get on at a time. I think 
in the last two years, I've heard a lot of people make reference to that. And it kind of annoys me because I remember you and I talking about that at the Royal Show in 2009. <laughs> we were a very long way in front of the, mm, is that a bit fucked? Yeah. Wave. And now it's one of the, like, I understand now why old punks are so incredibly jaded. <laughs> because I was talking about that in 2009. Hearing other people talk about it now, I go, I'm not interested. It's not a fun topic. Can we just move on, please? <laughs> um, which is far too curmudgeonly. How an, often an is this coming up in your everyday life? Oh, look, I'd say three, four times a minute. Okay, okay. Is that too much? It seems like a lot. What are minutes? What is a minute, really? Yeah. Okay, a minute is when you take one second and you experience it 60 times. <laughs> what a wonderful way of explaining it. And then nothing ever progresses or moves forward. Well, as we have established on this show, time is a flat circle. Uh, it is nebulous. Sometimes things exist outside of time, like certain arcade machines. Sometimes a character can exist in two places at once. So when we ask what a minute is, really, there's a lot to consider there. Really a lot to break down. Sure. Yeah. You know, I considered going on extended riffs about the video games in the earlier episode. I almost did a 15-minute review of Larry the Looter. I'm glad I didn't do that now. Uh, You mean Looter Suit Larry? Is that what it was called? No, it was called Larry the Looter. <laughs> There was a game in the arcade in that first ep- in Radio Bart in the background called Coffee Fiend, and I would love to know what Coffee Fiend is about. Coffee Fiend. Coffee Fiend. That does sound good. Yeah. I think that's just my life. Yeah? Yeah. Because you're so fiendish? Well, and because of the coffee. Uh, don't worry about that. It's the fiend that I'd really like to focus on here. Nick? Oh, the fiend. Are you, have you been fiendish recently? I don't think I've been fiending. You haven't been fiending? No. Certainly not anything that I've found. Okay. Okay, that's good it's then. It's found the past tense of fiend. I believe so. Yes, it's fiendish keepers. <laughs> fiendish keepers. So this has been Pods in the Key of Springfield. I really enjoyed that. The uh, number one Simpsons podcast on the internet by some metric. I haven't figured out which one yet. I mean, if if we keep fishing hard enough, we'll find a data set that works for us, right? Yeah, I mean, do the other do the other Simpsons podcasts have people called James and Nick on them? Except for the Simpsons Index, which does on one episode. Maybe we could be number one Simpsons podcast that regularly features a combination of hosts called James and Nick. Hmm. We'll look into that. We'll have our people look into it. All right, so that was whichever episode this was. 27, I think? This was episode 27. Of Pods? In... The key of Springfield. Uh, as always, we're on all the social media. Key Springfield on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. At Pods in the key of Springfield. I feel like I should mention the name of the artist of our cover art again, uh, oh, Margot Bartlett, because it's been a long time since I've mentioned her, and I really like that art. Yeah. It's, so it's Goldie, good. thank you again. Good stuff. Uh, I believe. Oh, is she? A, it, uh, can we give out her Twitter handle? Yeah, sure. Ghost Town Goldie. Ghost Town uh, Goldie. Yeah, I believe she takes commissions. So she occasionally posts um, doodles and stuff. Uh, <laughs> hey Homer, I can see your doodle. Oh, there's a game that would have just come out that she did some work on called Florence on iOS that I'm very excited about. It's oh, cool. designed by the people at Mountains, uh, all of whom I'm friends with, so I can't write word one about it. But uh, yeah. Looks good. She um, put up a 
sometimes she puts up um, lunchtime doodles and things like that. She put up one the other day that I genuinely, genuinely loved. Oh, yeah? Um, I'm going to find it. Okay, I mean, this is not a visual no, podcast. No, no. Uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to us, your two friends, your two best friends, your two only friends. I, I think we're called the Two Little Pod Boys. Two Little Pod Boys. Yeah, we posted that picture the other day when we got drunk at the football and people were very into that. I think that's our most liked tweet we've ever made. I know, and it's just yeah. me leaning on you and smiling. Leaning heavily. Yeah, yeah. I had some beers. Yeah. Uh, Woo's a wuzzle. You gonna do like a Marvin Monroe or something? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a line he said. I got distracted by looking for Ghost Town Goldie's artwork. Okay, okay. Uh, that's the back page of my notebook. It has the pattern for a scarf I'm currently creating. Good to know. Is it? Yeah. Um, I want to get it right. Hang on. I sorry. Indulge me for a moment while I do a Frankie accent just to make sure I get the line right. All right, future James. I apologize for the editing that needs to take place. You'll be fine though. The child is reverting to a feral or wolf-like state. There we go. Okay, very good. Uh, bye. Bye. Well, it only took me 25 <laughs> minutes to find the last line. It's for this uh your 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 machine to stop making all the i think i think the grizzly noises i think, I think the dishwasher is fine i mean this would this... you say in some ways the dishwasher is the fourth member of this podcast <laughs> after you me and that guy who wears the motorbike by all the time <laughs> i was wondering who the third was gonna be but you're right it's the motorbike guy yep motorbike mike um Motor Mike, as I like to call him. I actually think I think the coffee machine has made more appearances in the podcast than the dishwasher. <laughs> I reckon the last time the dishwasher went off, we were still using the old um, dynamic microphones, not this condenser. So I, I don't think the dyna- dynamics picked them up. That's a possibility. Mm. You light up my days and fill my nights with it can't be wrong when it feels so good right cause you you I bet the guy she was singing that about was real happy. Mm, actually, she was singing about God. Oh, well, he's always happy. No way, he's always mad. <laughs>